to see God in His power and authority changing the world that we are living in right now. Uh, to be on time, because I uh, disappointed uh, the leaders, the, the previous one that I extended my time. So I, I will be, as possible, short. My message is, as you see, it's all about God himself. It's all about him. This celebration, we're celebrating what God is doing. In his love, in his compassion, in his power. To bring millions of people from everywhere to his family, to the Father. It's all about God. But in spite of that, that this almighty God that can do the impossible is in a great need for each one of us. He cannot work without us. He decided to be in a partnership with us to reach the human race that we are part of. And this story that I'm going to take you into is a story of God using the empty, the weak, and the ignorant vessels. And I'm praying to be one of them. And I hope that you will be too. Ready to be available for God to use you in his mighty power. Keep in mind that I do what I can. And he does what he can. Look to the difference. If we allow him to do exactly what he can, this world can be really changed. Next slide, please. The story that I'm taking you is the story of Gideon, the champion of the Old Testament and considered one of the champions in the New Testament. And the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament, that in the Old Testament, people may be the enemies. But in the, Old, in the New Testament, peoples are the mission field. In the Old Testament, we may kill them. But in the New Testament, we die for them to rescue and save them and to bring them back to God himself. I will read for you this story. It's a very long story, but I'm taking just bits and pieces. And read it with me, please, because the story is the most important thing in the message of this morning. Judge chapter 6 from verse 1. Again, the Israelite did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Again. And we are doing the same. And for seven years, he gave them into the hands of Midianites. Whenever Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern peoples invaded the country. They camped on the land. They ruined the crops all the way to Gaza. Spared nothing for Israel. Neither sheep, nor cattle, nor donkeys. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. We do the same. We wait too long until we have no other way except to go and cry. Please don't wait so long. We waited back home so long. Don't do the same. You have a chance to rewrite the history of your nation. And you are a great nation. You have a great influence. God can use America to bless the whole world. Please listen to the message of this morning. When the Israelite cried to the Lord, he was ready to listen. He was ready, always ready to listen to the cry of his people. 
And he sent them a prophet to say one thing. It's not because of me. It's because of you. What you experience is your choice. I'm ready to change the history and the circumstances if you are with me. And at the same time, the angel of the Lord, verse 11, came and sat down under the oak of Ophrah that belonged to Yoash, the Abdelizrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from Midian. He looked for somebody to start with. And you may be this person. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. What a greeting. And I hope that you will hear it from the Lord himself, whispering in your ears. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. But sir, Gideon said, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Why we are declining on the losing end? Why? What is happening right now is not what the fathers told us 150 years ago in this great nation of America. It's not the same thing happened with us as Egyptians in the second and the third century, where the Alexandria was the great minaret for Christianity to the whole world. Now, we don't experience the same thing. Why? Not because of me. It's because of you. The Lord turned to him and said, Are you ready to make a difference? Are you ready to change history? Are you ready to work with me? I'm stretching my hand to you. Go! Go! Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you, you, you? These are the excuses that all the time we say back. He answered, as we answer all the time, Gideon asked, How can I save Israel? You are in a wrong address, Lord. I'm not the man. My claim is the weakest in Manasseh. Manasseh, the smallest tribe in Israel. And I am the least in my family. I'm the least of the least of the least. I'm too old. I'm too young. I have no knowledge. No training. I'm not the man. And the Lord answered back, I will be with you. And this is all what you need. I tell you the truth. This is all what we need at the church. To be accompanied by the almighty God himself. Then you will strike down. You will change history. You will liberate your nation from the bondage of sin. Gideon believed God and believed the message. And he started to call upon others. Let's camp. Let's come together. Let's be united across the denomination, across nations, across different barriers. Let the church come together in unity and make a change in history. Into Ashir, Ziblon, Niftali, all the other tribes. Let's come together and do something for God's glory. Early in the morning, Jerubal who is Gideon, and all his men camped at the spring of Herod. The camp of Midian was north of them in the valley near the hill of Morah. To his surprise, 
This is the second part of the story. God came to him and said, Gideon, you have too many men for me. I have only 32,000, Lord. Arming against half a million. We are not too many. I can count them for you. We are not too many. We are too little. No, 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 no. For you, little. For me, many. It, remember, it's all about me. It's not about you. What to do now? What to do now? I tell you what to do. Announce now to the people that you have. Anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. Just one announcement. Just one announcement. 22,000 left. Can you imagine? And the Lord came back and said, Still, <laughs> still, you have too many. Man. I have only 10,000 now, Lord. <laughs> if you want me to quit, I'm ready to quit. But not that way. Believe me, you have still too many people. Take them down to the water. And then I will sift them. I will filter them. For you and for me. There is another test. Very important test. Gideon took them, the man, down to the water. There the Lord told him, Separate those who lap the water with their tongues like a dog from those who kneel down to drink. Very strange. Very strange. 300 men lap with their hands to their mouth and all the rest gone down on their knees to drink. Of course, the Lord will select the others that they nailed down. No, no, no. The Lord said to Gideon, the 300 that clapped with their hands into their tongues. I will save you. Into the, I, will, I will save you. I will deliver Midian into your hand. Let the other men go home, each to his own place. Now, the war, 300 against half a million. The 32,000 became only 300. Dividing the 300 men into the companies, three companies, three teams. He placed trumpets and empty jars in their hands. What a mighty weapons with torches inside. And he said, watch me. He told them, follow my lead. When I get to the edge of the camp, do exactly as I do. When I and all who are with me blow our trumpets, then from all around the camp blow yours and shout for the Lord. It's all about him. For Gideon, for his son, for the chosen one, for the sake of Christ, for the father, for the son. They did exactly what he told them. They blow their trumpets and they broke the jars that were in their hands. The three companies blow the trumpets and smash the jar, grasping the torches in the left hand and the, the, the trumpets on the other hand. A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. When each man held his position around the camp, all the Midianites ran crying out as they fled. The war is over. Can you imagine? What a strategy. It's all about him. It's all about Him. There is a message this morning for each one of us. And this message is, we are doing the same. The, the, the old story of His people in the Old Testament, 
has been repeated over and over again in the church life. All through the history, we experience revivals. We get a real encounter with God. We live at the top of the mountain. And then slowly, slowly, we go down. We walk away to worship other gods. Shift, please. We, shift, we, we, we worship other gods like our, ourselves, our fame, our power, our money, etc., etc. Other priorities easily come on the list instead of God himself. Remember, it's all about God. It's all about God. And God is waiting for his people to cry out. And waiting for someone, someone ready to be sent. Someone, and you may be this one. Please don't say no. Please don't say no. Please be the one. I'm here to tell you that you are the one. Each one of us can be the one to listen and to be ready to be sent. Not only the missionaries that we will celebrate with, but God is calling each one of us. In this part, I have three messages. Number one, there is a call. I am, the Lord says, calling you. And there is a filter, there is an elimination should happen in my life and in your life. And there is an armor, there is a weapon, a divine weapon. God wants to put it in your hand, in my hand, to bring glory to God in our generation. And to bring millions of God, millions of people to the knowledge of God. Number one, there is a call. Three times he said it very clearly to Gideon. You are a mighty, a mighty warrior in my eyes, not in your eyes. Because I am with you. The Lord is with you, mighty warriors. I'm not a mighty warrior, Lord. I'm not. I'm defeated. Spiritually, I'm defeated. I'm the weakest in my family. I'm nobody in the church of Christ. I'm nobody. You can be somebody if you allow me to be with you. If you allow me to be with you. I want to be with you. Would you be willing to be with me? This is the challenge this morning. Am I not sending you? Am I not sending you? Go, go, go outside your comfort zone. Go outside your personal story. Share with me the story of this generation. And the promise is, I will be with you. And this is all what you need. We have many excuses. Please, listen carefully. God has one answer to all the excuses. I will be with you. If you are ready to be with me. Simple? Very simple. I'm not a missionary, I know. Being a missionary, not... To travel away from your home. Being a missionary is to be sent outside your story. To reach your neighbor. Your colleague. Your partner. 
the nearest to you. Be sent to others outside your world to reach the people for Christ. All of us are called to be missionaries in our lifetime. To bring as much as possible to God's glory. The second part of this story is the elimination. In the elimination, the elimination, B, the elimination. You have too many for, for me. You have too many for me. The 300 people, highly selected according to God's standards, much, much better for you and for God's glory than the 32,000 not ready to be sent. And by the end of this message, you have to make a decision. There is a choice and a chance for you to decide whether to be among the 300 or among the 30,000. It's up to you. It's not up to God. It is up to you. The 300 is better than the 32,000. Separate them in two steps. Two tests will separate the 300 from the 32,000. Number one, the first test is the fear. The fear. You have too many men, and the first test is the fear. Announce that anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and go home. We have been defeated by fear back home for years. We have been told since our childhood, I have been born in a Christian family, not born again Christian family, a nominal Christian family. And the missionaries came from the West 150 years ago to reach the Muslims. And they discovered that it is really impossible. So they decided to reach the Orthodox, the nominal Christians, and to bring them to the in real life and relationship with Christ, to be born again Christianity. And they planted the evangelical church 150 years ago. And we have been taught all our lives, don't touch Muslims, don't go to them, don't reach them, don't preach the gospel to them. It's too dangerous. Too dangerous. Don't do that. We have 10 million Christians. When we finish the 10 million, then we will think about the 70 million Muslims in our country. We have been brought under the umbrella of fear. It is dangerous. When the church dared by the leadership we had in our church, and still this guy is living, when he dared to baptize Muslims and to speak the love of Christ to the Muslims, we received hundreds and thousands of threatenings from the fanatic extremists, from the security, from everybody. We will kill you. We will kidnap your kids. We will rape your wives. We will burn the church. This is unacceptable. Unacceptable. Leave Muslims. You have many Christians to speak your gospel to. Don't touch Muslims. It's a red light and it's a red line. Don't cross. You will be killed. They intimidated us. And always we hear the same thing. Anyone who tramples with fear, go home. The team should be fearless. Because one thing, separate those, they fear people. They see people having power and authority 
from those they see God sitting on the throne, having all power and all authority. This is the difference. You have to choose between two choices, whether to fear people or to fear God. To please people or to please God. Do you understand? Almost. Even in America. Even in America. Peter is saying that very out loudly. And Peter 1, chapter 3, verse 13, 14, and 15. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? It should be nobody. It should be nobody. If I'm a good citizen, serving my country, obeying my president, doing the best for my people. And this is exactly what we do. We have schools, hospitals, drug rehabilitation. We have the largest drug rehabilitation program in the whole Arab world. We have 16 centers. By the grace of God, God helped us to serve more Muslims than Christians, to, li- to deliver them from the bondage of heroin. We are good citizens. We, according to this verse, who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? Should be nobody. But verse 14, but even if you are, if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. No, 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 Lord. <laughs> I agree with verse 13, but... I don't like verse 14. This is true. The church in the first and second and third century suffered because of doing good. Jesus suffered in spite of all the healings, feeding the hungry, raising the dead. He suffered. Don't fear what they fear. Don't be intimidated. Don't be frightened. Be courageous. How come? Verse 15. This is the secret. In your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. When Christ is sitting on my throne, if Christ is here, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the fear of the Lord will fill my heart. So I will not fear men. I will not be afraid. It's a personal story. This is my story. If you tremble with fear, go home until you set apart Christ as Lord in your heart. Then you will be prepared to give an answer with gentleness and with respect. God didn't give us a spirit of timidity at all. But the spirit of power and love and self-discipline. The second test, which is more accurate. You have still so many men for, for me. Take them to the water. What is this? I, I, I stood for a while to understand the message there. What is this test? Why you selected those they didn't kneel to drink from those they knelt down to drink? The whole group was thirsty. 
We have common needs. Believers and unbelievers. Weak believers, strong believers. We are human beings. We need to drink, to eat, to be dressed, to have wives and homes. Am I right? Is there anybody here can live without these things? We have the common needs. The separation, the difference is how to deal with our needs. I'm thirsty and he is thirsty. To drink, I will kneel down to drink. I will worship my needs. My needs will be first. And then the calling and worshiping God and His glory will be second. The 300 said, no. We are going for Him. We are traveling for His cause. While traveling, we will take water. We will eat. We will dress ourselves. We will have wives. We will have children. But this is not the goal. Seek first the kingdom of God. And all your needs will be met. God is ready to take care of your needs. If you are ready to take care of his matters. Do you understand? Do you understand? Most of the believers, they come to church. Why? To be blessed, to be cherished, to be encouraged, to be preached, to be worshipped. We mostly listen to the worship, then we worship together. We come to hear a message of encouragement. Only encouragement. If the message is not real encouragement, then we are not ready to hear it. We worship our needs. Our needs are priority before God's glory. Separate those. Those they worship me and those they worship their needs. The last part of the story, the weapons. We have now 300 men. Fearless. They fear the Lord. They worship God. They're ready to do the job. To glorify his name. They are thirsty, they will drink. Hungry, they will eat. But they depend on him. Weapons given to them. I think at least each one of them should have a nuclear weapon, at least. Small nuclear weapon. (laughs) Few rockets. At least 20, 30 airplanes. Night fighters, we need to equip them with something that they can defeat half a million. On contrary, the weapons are trumpets in one hand and empty jars with a torch inside. You cannot even use a sword if you have. You cannot. You cannot even use a shield if you have. You cannot. Because you are totally occupied with the divine weapons given to you by God himself. The trumpets. What to do with the trumpet? Blow it. Blow the trumpet. What to say? For God's glory. And for his son, Jesus Christ. Cry out. God, rain the heaven. Come down. Reveal yourself to your enemies. To kill them. No, no. To save them. Let your name be glorified. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. 
Brothers and sisters, listen to me carefully. Mission is not to be sent by God. Mission is to be sent with God. We cannot do His job. It's all about Him. He can do the job. But we have to go with Him. In mission, we send Him and He sends us. He will do the impossible and we will do the possible. Let me explain the story through our story. How to reach Muslims. In a hostile situation, in a closed door, you are not allowed to speak. It's a crime to evangelize. Even on a friendship, you have only to answer his questions. You are not allowed to ask him questions. How to reach billions, 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 and we are few. How come? So the only way is to use the trumpet. What is the trumpet? To cry out and to send Christ to them. Jesus said to his disciples, I'm ready to do anything you ask in my name. Any, anything, anything, anything for my glory. According to that, we said, okay, Lord, okay, okay. Anything, anything, okay. Go to them, visit them in visions and dreams. Reveal yourself to them. Enlighten their spirits. Tell them who you are. Tell them about your son. Tell them about crucifixion. Please do it. And send them back and we will baptize them. Can you imagine? And to our surprise, God started to answer our crazy prayer. And we started to see hundreds of them coming to us saying, we had a dream. We had a a divine visitation by Christ himself. He came to me. He said, I'm the the way, the truth, and life. He came to me crucified. And he looked in my eyes and said, I love you. I love you, my son. I love you. Go and ask about me. Read my Bible. Stories and stories. Fabulous stories. The last five years, we began to see this happening in big numbers. In big numbers. In families together. Families together. Seeing the same dream the same night. Villages, a whole village to have the same dream the same night. Are you serious? Are you ready to do anything? Yes, and just blow the trumpet. I will do the impossible. Because of my time, I have two minutes to finish. I tell you one story. We do... There is another, another service. <laughs> I tell you one story, a fabulous story. A man came to me and said, we, we had an evangelistic uh, campaign and we invite and we challenge the members to go and visit and bring their friends to hear the gospel. And the man came to me and said, I need the microbus of the church because I have three Muslim families willing to come to hear and to be prayed for. Would you give me the microbus? I said, for the Muslims... Anything. Anything. They have the priority. The first day, the first night, I was preaching the gospel that night and I saw two rows, the second and the third, filled with veiled Muslims. And the guy sitting at the edge, smiling at me, I fulfilled the promise. Now I I have the families. Preach the gospel, uh, pastor. To my surprise, all through the worship, they were very attentive during the message, gazing at me, gazing at me. At the altar call time, two or three of the women stood up, publicly veiled. 
A man came to me and hugged me and said, thank you. That night we challenged people, if you need a special prayer, go to this room, we will pray for you. A family, out of the three families, went there and we stayed with her until midnight. And the lady had a demon-possessed spirit and by the name of Christ she was delivered. They went home, they opened the gate of their apartment. To their surprise, they found a very strange light filling the whole apartment. A whole apartment. They felt in their hearts, we visited Jesus, Jesus is visiting us. (laughs) So they knocked the doors of all the neighbors, inviting them, come and see, come and see, to be sure that they are not delirious or hallucinating. And the light stayed 45 minutes. That night, everybody... The child, the mother, the father, the grandfather, the grandmother had the same dream. Jesus himself visited them one by one. A month later, she came back to the church to have communion. I asked her, tell me the story. She said, up till now, every day, the same light for half an hour. And anybody can see it. We don't understand how much the trumpet can do the job. It's all about God. God is ready to be sent by the church if the church is ready to be sent by God. It's a partnership. Nothing can stand against Him. The last part of the story. The empty jars and the torch inside. What is this? The trumpet is the power of prayer. What's the jar? Is me, the empty vessel. What's the light? The divine power of the Holy Spirit that within me, the Christ Himself that living inside me. What to do with the jar? To let the light shine, to let the people see Christ. What to do with the jar? To preserve it. No, to break it. To break it. No, 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 Lord. No, 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 no. Don't break me. The gospel that we preach is Christ, not me, not you. And the only way for people to see Christ in me and in you, to deny yourself, to break yourself, to forget about yourself, then people will see Christ in you, in you. Are you ready to be one of the 300 this morning? Or one of the three, thirty, thirty-two thousand. It's your choice. Can we close our eyes and have seconds of prayer? Make your mind. You have a choice and a chance. If you are ready to be one of the three hundred, I want you to stand up. To stand up. And to say to the Lord, here I am. Here I am. I'm hearing your call. I'm hearing you, Lord. I believe in you, not in myself. I'm not afraid to cross the red light. I'm not afraid to go outside my boat. I'm not going to worship my needs. I want to worship you and to serve you. I'm ready to use the trumpet as never before and to call upon the Lord. I'm ready to be broken. Are you serious? Are you standing? Are you serious about that? 
Here we are, Lord. Here we are. Do it your way, not our way. Please. Save this nation. Save this generation. Before it's too late. Use my brothers and my sisters here. In a very unusual way. Bless this church to be a blessing for the rest of the world. In Jesus' name we pray.